Good evening. And welcome to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. Was I the only one who got Ricky Gervais' joke about the use of his third Golden Globe Award? Seems that way, given Canada's reputation on sexual satisfaction, with British Columbians coming dead last. Dead last, that's right. That is how best to describe the lackluster lovers here, 50% of you tree-hugging vegans, high house price complaining, sushi freaks, Lululemon-loving animal activists, and exercise fanatics are sexually dissatisfied. I have my work cut out for me tonight on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, where I come to you live every Sunday night, and I am so glad you came here with me as well. If this is the first time you're listening to the show, welcome. It's my pleasure to have you here. Of course, it's a show about education, sexual health education. I am Maureen McGrath. I'm a registered nurse, a blogger, researcher, sex educator, clinician, Lululemon-loving, lackluster lover. No, (laughs) just kidding. That's you guys. (laughs) All right, Lululemon lover. Yes, I don't complain about the house prices here. I think it's great. Anyway, (laughs) sorry if you don't own one. I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, so regardless... Let's get back to the show because it's a serious one. Things were heating up here tonight in the station. And, uh, you know, we had a little false alarm and the firemen were here. And, you know, the sex is getting really hot. No. (laughs) The foreplay for the sex show (laughs) was getting really hot. And so one of the firemen was helping me out of the building. and, uh, And he said to me, you know, can I help you with those ropes? And that is the first time I've had help. In nine years, okay? That is the first offer of help from a hot fireman. Anyway, I said, not to worry. I'm good with the ropes. I know the ropes, and we're going to be talking about ropes tonight here on The Sex Show and how to use ropes. And what are how do we define ropes? Because you obviously have to have a little bit more fun in the bedroom. That said, keep in mind, listener discretion is advised. So please put the kidlets to bed, and let's have some fun. So the Golden Globes was on tonight, and, and I, was, uh, I couldn't help but notice that feminism, and, which is equality, that's all it's defined as, and sexual health were both showcased tonight on the, Go- on the Golden Globes. Of course, they start out with a woman, a female joke about Caitlyn Jenner and Ricky Gervais starts out offending many with his joke about female drivers. Um, you know, in a way it's true, but more men have more accidents. Anyway, whatever. You got to take a good joke. I love Ricky Gervais. I think he is hilarious, or as we would say in America, because I'm from America, so I can't relate to this sexual dissatisfaction thing you guys have going on here in British Columbia. Um, but, uh, we would say hysterical, but hysterical is an incorrect term, but you know how sometimes you take on words and, and people use them and, and it's actually the wrong word, but you know, entire generations, Use them. So hysterical is more is something men would call women who would, for example, ask, did you pick up the children while I was having surgery? Oh, you're so hysterical for crying out loud. Or, you know, would you mind taking out the trash uh, because my stitches hurt or something like that? Anyway, so you might call us hysterical. Uh, but uh, I have to say, you know, men kind of copy women a bit. And when Ricky Gervais, and I love him dearly, when he came out on the stage with a beer, I'm like, that is a page right out of Amy Schumer's book. Of course, she has the jug of wine and the jugs out there as well. <laughs> Anyhow, um, but 
you know, it was a little bit of copycat the- theater there. Could have been a little bit better. But you know what I'm really excited about? But you shouldn't be because you need to stay at home and uh, be in the bedrooms because tough times in the relationships out there. Lots of great movies are out now about some very important subjects. Hollywood has come a long way. Sex, sexual health, and sexual abuse all were highlighted tonight at the Golden Globes. Spotlight. And I have seen none of these films, so I'm not giving you a review. I'm just giving you my list of what I am going to see. It's like a New Year's resolution movie list. By the way, New Year's resolutions, or have any of you kept them? I have failed on Monday. What was that date? I was minus finances. <laughs> Organize them better. Don't spend so much. Keep more than you spend. <laughs> That's hard. I'm in the stores and I'm being mindful and I'm saying, get out of here. You don't need another dress. Wear something from your closet. Look in your closet. Anyway, I couldn't. The addiction took hold. I bought two dresses <laughs> for two events the next day, two separate events. Anyway, Okay, it's it's not good, but that's the thing. I probably talked about it too much, and I had the endorphin release and got all the pleasure out of it, so there I am, well-dressed once again. Uh, so the great movies that I look forward to seeing, I did see a documentary on Spotlight, and I am from Boston, where we are very sexually satisfied. Um, but the Boston Globe has the oldest newspaper investigating operating team in the United States. It's called Spotlight. The Boston Globe is a great newspaper. And it investigated the widespread child sex abuse cases in the Boston area. It's, and it's based on a series of stories. And it uh, revealed that 5% of the priests in the Catholic Church had actually sexually abused children which is uh, just horrific. That's probably the most important film, and everybody needs to see that, not only as a person who has been sexually assaulted or been a victim of sexual abuse and assault as a child, lives a lifelong anxiety disorder. There's a ripple effect, and many people are affected as a result of that. Remember, anxiety is contagious. Uh, Transparent, the father is transgendered. The affair, still a taboo subject where people from denial live. But that also ruins relationships, lives, and marriage. Um, The Danish Girl, a movie about sex reassignment surgery. Carol, a portrait of sexual angst, repression, and confidence. It's a pure and wholesome love story of two women. I really look forward to seeing that. Um, And Brie Larson won for the story Room, their movie Room. It's about a mom and her son who are held captive in a room by a sexual predator. What I really want to see is The Revenant. Apparently, uh, Mike, you uh, told me that it won best. Because I've been prepping. It got uh, got best picture. I've been having foreplay with the firemen for the show. (laughs) You you were a little preoccupied. I was a little preoccupied. You know, we were, I was showing them the ropes. And uh, so I did, I was watching the Golden Globes earlier, but then I didn't get to hear the uh, fabulous results. But uh, Mike, thanks for being here tonight. Always do a great job with the technical Ah, Thank you. Excellent. You're getting the you're getting the lingo. <laughs> I know it's fun. <laughs> the pleasure of being here. <laughs> Excellent. Here's a blow by blow of the show. We're talking about uh, sleep and the importance on on female sexual response. Orgasm gap. I don't like it. Like 95 percent of males experience orgasm and only 30 percent of females. We're going to change that. That's my New Year's resolution for you ladies. Um, and also going to talk about the female sexual response cycles. Did I say that? Um, also going to talk about what you do not say to a 19-year-old sexual abuse victim when you are a federal judge, okay? Keeping your mouth shut probably would have been good. Anyway, we'll review that. 
as well a little bit later on in the show. As I said, I don't know if you know this, but I'm actually speaking at the Taboo Sex Show. So Mike's going to open the lines uh, because I have some tickets to give out to the Taboo Sex Show. I'm going to do four programs there um, on uh, the most important one, Fun with Ropes. <laughs> so I've invited Frances Carlton. She's a psychotherapist and counselor to talk about how we can tie things up in the bedroom, what they do in Australia. You know, we do certain things in America. I'm going to teach you here in British Columbia. Of course, this show is live from Vancouver. But anyway, I'm not admitting that I'm, I live here after that research study that showed 61% of Canadians are dissatisfied with their sex lives and romantic lives. 57% of British Columbians are sexually dissatisfied. Okay, we're way worse than the eastern provinces. I was interviewed last week like four or five times on several radio shows. Um, about this, what what can we do about this? So I'm just going to try and, and and help you around that as well. Um, so I'm also going to tell you I have some principles. I'm a very principally oriented person. I'm pretty much even keeled. I'm happy. I love life. But I'll tell you, if there's something that you do that just crosses my principles, <laughs> watch out. And I'm going to tell you what the probably the most sexually frustrated guy I've ever seen in my entire life what he did yesterday, but better what I did to him. Anyway, (laughs) better than that. And I'm going to tell you that story as well. And I hope you do the same thing uh, to people who do this also. I want to tell you about a campaign. It is called ALS Stinks Community Rocks. It's a story about a lovely family here in Delta, British Columbia, Eric and Melanie Anderson. They have two children, Sophia, who is almost 11 years old, and Dylan, and uh, lovely children. Sophia is just starting to play the piano. Um, They met in the late 1990s online dating and fell in love and were married. It was just a beautiful love story. And uh, most unfortunately, uh, then they had their children and their their young son, Dylan, lives with autism and more recently has been diagnosed with epilepsy, which is a seizure disorder. Um, Eric the dad and husband, the love of Melanie's life, has been diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. His mom died of it a few years ago, and he was diagnosed on the same day that his mom died. He worked for 20 years for uh, one company, and of course he's no longer able to work, which just breaks my heart, and he would, it's really tough, especially in this, in this province and in this economy, to um, uh, support a family, especially when you have all of those challenges. More recently, Eric, uh, who is confined to a wheelchair, um, is is non-weight-bearing. It's a progressive disease, Lou Gehrig's disease, and it's a motor neuron and motor control disease, so you have difficulty moving and having strength in your arms and legs. And, and unfortunately, I hate to say it, it's, it, you know, it doesn't have a great outcome. They're a beautiful family, lovely family, so kind, so generous, so hopeful, so happy, no complaints. They never complain. I mean, she is just delightful, Melanie. And so there is a GoFundMe campaign. And if anyone has ever done anything for you and you feel like you want to pay it forward, because you know what? I've had a lot of blessings in my life, a lot of good fortune, a lot of people who have helped me. I remember a time when uh, times were tough and all of a sudden these people, you know, for me, I was really sick actually one time uh, a few years back. And people just came out of the woodwork and they just helped me. And I was just like trying, they were friends and they were just trying to, they just came out. I never asked, and they helped, and they just did so much. I was so appreciative, and I was like, please, can I pay you? You know, that's the American way. 
And uh, they were just like, no, no, just, you know, pay it forward. And that's such an important thing in community. So I would implore you, if you feel like paying it forward, $10, $20, anything you can possibly give would be greatly appreciated by this campaign. So to go to the campaign and donate, because, um, you know, I'd really like it. If you feel like you owe me anything... (laughs) Now here comes the Catholic guilt, okay? I'm damn good at it. Um, If you owe me anything, and you probably do, um, you can go to GoFundMe forward slash ALS Stinks, okay? So it's on my website as well. I've also done a video. I'm posting on Facebook and LinkedIn, so please help out. It would be so great so that Melanie can stay at home and care for her husband and her children without the worry of financial concern. So thank you so much. GoFundMe forward slash ALS Stinks. Community Rocks. Oh, it's GoFundMe.com forward slash ALS Stinks Community Rocks. Anyway, Google it. It'll come up. So thank you so much for that. Uh, We're going to get down and dirty next. We're going to go over... No, not really. It's not dirty. Sex is not dirty. Um, Sex should be fun. Um, But you guys aren't getting that just yet. I'll help you not to worry. We're going to start in the bedroom with the sleep department. Oh, you got to... If you want to win the tickets, give me a call. 604-284. Oh, no, what's the number? <laughs> Sorry. 604-280-9898 or star 980 from your cell phone. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Um. All right. I confess. I'm not feeling all that well tonight. I'm not complaining. I don't have a man cold or anything. Don't worry. Sex is fabulous. <laughs> okay. So uh, you have a man cold? I do, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, you better go to the emergency department. I, know. I have to. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, after the show, that's where I'm going to go. Absolutely. And do you have that man cold that, you know, I cannot clean up the house? Oh, I always have that I, cold. <laughs> I cannot do yard work man cold. I cannot yeah. take out the trash man cold. Yeah, always have that cold. But I can go to my hockey game yep. man cold. Yes, and well, I can drink beer man cold. Well, yes. Beer makes it feel better, right? <laughs> Exactly. That kind of man cold. Anyway. <laughs> Well, I have a cold too, but you know who cares, right? We <laughs> I do. Can, we care. I can still carry on. I know you care, Mike. Anyway, all right. Well, when I come back, we're going to go back to the bedroom, and we're going to talk about sleep and the importance on female sexual response. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, and uh, it is my duty this year to educate you about sexual health, sexuality. We're going to begin with the basics. Many women are not educated about the female sexual response cycle. So they don't know what's happening with their bodies. So therefore, they don't know what goes wrong with their bodies. Um, So the female sexual response cycle is very important. And there are a number of different models. Of course, this was researched in the 1950s by sex researchers, Masters and Johnson. There's Netflix about that if you want to have a quick Uh, study about that. But uh, the female sexual response cycle starts with desire. That's that sexual desire. That's that attraction. Think of me and that fireman. No. It's seeing somebody and you look at them and you're attracted to them. You like their skin. You like the way they smell. They have pheromones that they give off that actually help to arouse you. And you, you might fantasize about them and you might, you might see a picture you can have sexual desire by looking at somebody's photograph. You can, or somebody that you have just met. Uh, it moves on to excitement, which is arousal, lubrication. The genitalia en- gets engorged. Blood flows to that area. It's very important. You feel excited. This is whether you are 
during uh, intercourse if you have decided to uh, be sexual with somebody and or if you are experiencing this with yourself because if you can't touch yourself, who can you touch? You need to explore. Women need to explore themselves to understand and know what feels good for them and what feels good to them. Uh, so I do recommend that. A lot of uh, people will be educated that uh, masturbation is, is bad. We don't talk about women and self-stimulation. And that is not a good thing because it is important. Sex is good for your health. Sex is good for your sleep, your mood, pain, um, connection. That's why they call it making love. It's really important in a marriage. And our marriages today are falling apart. Marriages aren't working today. We're so connected online. And and also online, there's always going to be at least 500 people better looking or sexier or appear to be that through a picture or a video. And better looking than with whom you are raising your family or sharing a life. So back to the female sexual response cycle, we have sexual desire, arousal, lubrication, engorgement, then plateau. So that's that period. And it's exactly as it says, that plateau that just stays the same. And then orgasm and then the release a lot of women will teach other women that experiencing an orgasm is not that important. They'll say that the valleys are just as good as the peaks. I disagree. And I feel that women have been socialized inappropriately around sex. Women are taught that sex is a commodity for life's advancements, and it is anything but that. There are a couple of other models of the female sexual response cycle. One is a model developed here by one of our esteemed sex researchers, Dr. Rosemary Basson. It's the responsive. It's the responsive desire is what it's called. It's a biopsychosocial model. And you know, you've been with somebody for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, same old you, and you you think, I don't have any desire. I really have no desire to have sex with him again. Women find sex with the same man boring. Uh, That's why you have to keep things exciting in the bedroom. And so, but you decide, well, there are 273 reasons women have sex. And you decide, well, I'll have sex with him tonight to ward off his emotional negative response, number one, or that's one reason, or maybe maybe you want to have a baby, or that's another reason, or maybe a career advancement, or for no reason, or you just will do it. Well, if you have no sexual desire for that person, but you decide to have sex with him, you'll notice, or her, because low sexual desire occurs in same-sex couples as well, and you notice, I'm getting aroused, I'm enjoying this, I'm lubricating, it's engorged, I'm, this is good. And you continue. That is what we call responsive desire. So just because you don't think you want to have sex with somebody doesn't mean, that's, doesn't mean you shouldn't. That's why just do it is a good recommendation in terms of uh, your sex life. You know, you may not feel like doing it, and fatigue's the number one reason for low sexual desire. But, you know, that's why taking care of yourself and also just doing it because you just might enjoy it. And you might think, why didn't I do that before? But it's important to know what's what feels good for you and you communicate that to your partner. So self-exploration is key. Communicate that to your partner and you go from there and you might just enjoy it. So when I come back, 
We're going to talk about why sleep has an impact on the female sexual response cycle. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Thanks for being here with me. I want to talk to you about, if you want to give me a call and win some tickets to the Taboo Sex Show that's happening on February 5th, 6th, and 7th, uh, by all means, you could also be a guest on my show because I'm going to be recording it there. Uh, so give us a call, t- 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Uh, so I was talking to you about low sexual desire, or the female sexual response cycle, and now I want to talk to you about the impact of sleep on the female sexual response cycle since it's the number one reason women have low sexual desire. The etiological role of sleep disturbance in sexual difficulties has been largely overlooked, but the research suggests that short sleep duration and poor sleep quality lead to poor female sexual response. And I have invited Steve Archer, owner of Clinical Sleep Solutions in North Vancouver, who is a respiratory therapist for over 20 years and has specialized in sleep for 10, to join me on the line. Hello, Steve. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Oh, good. good. So you've you're on the sex show here, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, so tell me how how important is sleep? Number one. Well, I think it, like like I think you touched on earlier, it, it's such a undervalued or a, a something that we take for granted in in North America in general, but but Canada for sure. Just it's not only the length of sleep, but but what you touched on as well as the quality of that sleep and. That's really, I think people, the awareness is, is, isn't great of, of what, what good sleep means and then what a proper sleep is. And I, I have people who say to me, well, you know how you wake up every, you know, at 2 o'clock every night or 4 o'clock, you get up a couple times a night. I'm like, no, I, you know, once I'm out, I'm done. Um, but, you know, that's not normal. My message, my point to them is, like, that's actually not normal. So a lot of people expect abnormal as normal. Right. No, I think that you get used to what your normal is. Um, uh, fatigue being, well, I'm just tired and that's the way it is. I'm getting a little older. Um, I just, I, that's, that's, that's how it is. And, and I think feeling refreshed in the morning and as the day progresses is what should happen. And if it's not, um, well, then you should ask some questions and talk to your doctor and maybe explore things a little further. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a study done recently uh, that was tied to, we're talking about tying up later, but um, uh, that obtaining, it was about obtaining sufficient sleep and the importance to the promotion of healthy sexual desire and genital response. So as well as the likelihood of engaging in in partnered sexual activity. Mm -hmm. And we know people who are partnered actually allegedly have a better sex life than those who are not. Um, So what, how important is um, this sleep for a person's sexual response. Well, and we, we, I mean, absolutely. I mean, we deal a lot of with a lot of people with sleep apnea, and that's a you know a disorder that people stop breathing numerous times every hour. And for men, it can actually lead to erectile dysfunction and uh, low testosterone, and and you know, in that in that situation, but in that, yeah, but with women as well, um, there's there's a few studies out there that show that people who have I'm just talking about sleep apnea right now, but if they have sleep apnea, there's a much higher chance of having some sexual dysfunction. And sleep apnea is, if you don't mind defining it? Um, cessation or stopping breathing when you sleep for greater than 10 seconds, a, a choke or a gasp, um, you know, heavy snoring is sort of a sign that someone has 
potentially has sleep apnea, snoring is not normal, but uh, really it is stopping breathing and then the act of getting going again um, uh, to, and then with a choke or a gasp and then you get knocked out of your deep sleep cycle every time that you choke or gasp or even have an effort breath to breathe, uh, you get knocked out of your deep sleep cycle. So you're sleeping, but you're, you're not really. You're, you, if you looked at your brainwave activity, your, your level of sleep is, is actually you're in a lighter sleep phase. And um, so your eyes are, because that's a tricky part. It's fairly, a bed partner can help, but it's fairly, it's, it's, it's um, underdiagnosed because, because there is... Um, Only if your bed partner is awake, are they going to know? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And again, um, they are asleep and that's why testing, there is definitely easy home testing that can, can figure that out. Um, you know, sort of, again, going to your doctor is a, is a very good step. But, but we see a lot of people with... Not only forget all you know, there's all the hormones and, and stuff that are um, with when you have sleep apnea. But when someone's tired, do you feel like would you feel like having sex? Like you, you touched on. I mean, you're tired. You're you're grumpy. You, this guy, your husband or your wife snoring is waking you up all night. And but that's why I even spoke about the res- the responsive desire because even if you don't feel like having sex, you're too tired, and you do have sex, you may not have the benefit of a positive responsive desire. Mm-hmm sexual desire, uh, sexual response cycle because uh, poor sleep or ineffective sleep or lack of sleep leads to uh, lessened genital engorgement. And that is really important for sexual sensation for women to enjoy the experience. And then you want to go back and have sex more. So that's why I think couples should place sleep as a very, uh, you know, high on the on the docket. Absolutely. There's a, there's a documentary, National Geographic, called Sleepless in America, and it touches on a bunch of things. And it's a, it's a really, really good documentary on the multi-facets of, of, of sleep that, um, again, is, is so undervalued in our society. Not, again, for a broad spectrum of um, disorders and issues, but sex is, is absolutely right. Lots of couples that come in that, um, you know, with, with, in our clinic that, have had issues or, or having issues in, in their in their in their personal life, and then part of it they're just tired. Like, why would you? How can you be at your best with anything if you're if you're absolutely tired, right? Absolutely, and and sexually, if you're tired, you're going to have uh, have a longer arousal uh, time, so a long longer time to get aroused, to get engorged, and you may risk uh, experiencing an orgasm if you're a woman. Uh, according to this particular research study. So, you know, so uh, there's such an orgasm gap between men and women, like 90, 95% of men experience orgasm. Right. Nobody tells you guys that it's not important. Right. You wouldn't right, buy right, it right. anyway. <laughs> but women, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, not important. But it's really important. The release of hormones, the release of dopamine, uh, you know, is uh, ties you to a partner, makes you feel more Absolutely. intimate, makes you want to have sex again. So, God, and the other thing is like, a lot of um, women drive the health care in a home. And oh, totally. men have a tendency, unless they have a man cold, you know, they have a tendency not to listen and not to believe that they are sick or not to believe that there's a problem. But I want to ask you about the particular, um, I know a lot of patients get the oximetry. They just have the little tab on their finger for 24 hours and they don't drop their oxygen. And so therefore they think they don't have sleep apnea. Correct right. me if I'm wrong, do they need a deeper test? Yeah, they do. Um, there's a years ago. I mean, the oximetry, and still today, there's a lot of companies that or, or doctors that order just a basic test. But a level three sleep study is one that does have oximetry, but also has airflow, a little monitor. It's still a monitor that you wear at night in your home, 
but it's a more detailed test. And it, um, with women especially, they don't always stop breathing long enough to have a drop in their oxygen level, but they have effort breathing, hypopnea, these shallow breaths that um, still can contribute and still is considered sleep-disordered breathing. We're just um, panting, Steve, that's all. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. <laughs> At the exactly. hot fireman. No, that, no that, <laughs> don't confuse that shallow breathing with right. panting. Okay, right, right. I'm kidding, um, I'm kidding. No, but, but, you're, 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 but it is. Women, there are differences between men and women, and what signs and symptoms and, and, and the numbers that we look at are, are slightly different, but, they, but you, again, they're in at the home sleep studies, not doesn't show anything, but there's still a lot of fatigue and witness stuff. Then a full sleep study at a sleep lab, and well, there's a few of them in Vancouver, there's a wait list to them, but it is the gold standard of testing is a polysomnography or a PSG. So there's lots of um, different tests, and the home ones are simple and easy and usually free to get in. And um, it's just a, an awareness by the the par- bed partners to know well something sound if something sounds funny we're yeah. talking sleep apnea uh, noises that aren't supposed um, um, <laughs> to be made yeah um, then, <laughs> those then other then noises we other noises well there's lots of good noises <laughs> we're gonna do a whole show on sex noises okay that's a good idea that's the next one sex noises what's normal and what's not right you offer uh, um, free screening and trials of CPAP therapy which is probably the least sexiest thing like how does somebody sleep with CPAP well, Sorry. No, that's, that's a great, no, but it's great. It, I, we have that all the time where someone says, well, it's not very sexy. And I say, buddy, you are so unsexy right now because your snoring has woken them up for 10 years. And there's so much resentment that gets built up from right. and the choking and the wakefulness. And the, but there's, there's two tired people in the household. The, the guy or the girl is, is tired because of the sleep apnea. But then the bed partner's been listening to this and it's disturbing their sleep. So there's two tired people in the household. And once someone is on therapy, oh, it's, it's, I always say it's way better because now there's two refreshed energized people and, and of course sexual health it'll benefit because they're rested and it, so yeah it doesn't look sexy but the outcome is much much better and you know we can only go up from here steve because 61 percent of canadians are sexually dissatisfied and 57 percent of british columbians are so you know <laughs> exactly. uh, so we're we're starting from ground zero and uh anything to help so i thank you so much you're, oh, you're uh welcome. Your you're clinic welcome. is Sleep Solutions in North Vancouver? Clinical Sleep Solutions, yeah. Clinical, oh, I'm sorry. Clinical that's Sleep fine. Solutions, no, of course. It's on Lonsdale yeah. Avenue. Yeah, and they can yeah, call for an appointment. Absolutely. Nine, we have a bunch, bunch of locations all across Vancouver. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Well, we'll delve deeper next time we have you on. Thank you. All right. All thanks right. so much, Steve. Take care. Bye now. Okay, so you heard about it. sleep is important. Get tested. Listen to your bed partner who you're keeping up at night and not with something that's fun. Okay, when I come back, we're going to tie you up. Frances Carlton joins me. She's a psychotherapist and counselor. And I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. You know, show some restraint here, people. Tying people up in the bedroom can be fun. Um, anyway, it is totally meant to be fun. And, but you may never have done that before. You maybe have been showing restraint in the bedroom. Well, maybe 2016 you want to change things, especially given all the research studies we're seeing that only 61% of Canadians are sexually satisfied. Uh, only a third of women experience orgasm versus 95% of men. 
Many Canadians, and especially British Columbians, simply make do with a mediocre sex life. And it's time to change that because great sex improves mood, reduces stress, and a fulfilled sex life is a key component to psychological well-being. And it's really important for your relationship. So to that end, I have invited Frances Carlton. She is a psychotherapist and counselor from Down Under. Couldn't get more appropriate than that to talk about bondage and how to begin with bondage. Hello, Francis. Hello, Maureen. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? I'm not bad. It's Monday afternoon here. Fantastic. It's Sunday night here, and we're having sex here in British Columbia. At least we hope so. Anyway, some, at least... <laughs> Let's hope. hope. We we can only hope. Um, Anyway, put it on your agenda, as I say. Uh, So thanks so much for joining me. You're a psychotherapist and a counselor, and you do a lot of work around uh, light bondage and kinky play and um, tying each other up, basically. You know, knots have been associated with marriage for a long time, but uh, we forget about them after we walk down the aisle. So... um, what do you think is key to this kind of kinky play? And what's absolutely essential before any bondage takes place? Communication, Maureen, it's really important to make sure that both people who are looking to explore this are open to it and understand what goes into it. And do they each have to talk about what they're willing to try and what they're not willing to try or what's off limits? Absolutely, absolutely, because a lot of people... Quite often in, 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 in a couple, one person has been thinking about this for quite some time and they'll say to their partner, I really want you to tie me up. And the partner is surprised and goes, oh, no, that's terrible. I've only read about that in, or I've only seen that and that's that like Fifty Shades of Grey. And they get very surprised and they get very shocked and they're very overwhelmed by their partner's desire. It's the number one going... sexual fantasy for women to be lightly tied mm. up. Yes, it is. It All is. right. And one, of the, and one of the reasons for that is loss of control. Um, women are very often in control of their relationships. They, you know, they often run the household. They, they, you know, they look after the kids. They look after the family budget, the housekeeping, things like that. And as much as a lot of women think it might be bad to lose that control, sometimes it's really good for you to just lay back. So the new saying for 2016, we do everything, we're exhausted, tie me up. Okay, so (laughs) what's the best rope to use for bondage in your opinion or according to the research? Well, if you're starting out, one of the best things you can use is, believe it or not, toilet paper. Oh, okay. Hadn't thought of toilet paper, yeah. but do tell. Yeah. Yeah. The reason the reason you can use toilet paper is because it breaks easily. And one of the things that you can do if you twist the toilet paper is you can make quite a nice rope out of it, but it's not the type of rope that will tighten if you pull on it. Like a scarf. Whereas, so women can use things yeah. in their drawers. Yes. Yes, yes. they can. But but quite often with with scarves, especially silk scarves, if you if if they're knotted, and you pull on them, um, they could, the knots tighten, and the only way to get them undone is to cut them. And a lot of women don't want their silk scarves to be cut. So the reason the reason I suggest toilet paper being good is is it gets you used to it. But if you want to get out, you can quickly. Right, and you want to keep the rope loose enough that you can work the two yeah. fingers between the rope, whatever rope you choose, like braided rope or 
strap-on harness or, or any type of material. But, yes. but you know, toilet paper is a good idea for people who are nervous about it or, you know, may, yep. maybe feared. So what are some of the rules around tying people up, like never leaving someone tied up alone, for example? That's a never. pretty much a no-brainer. Never. Yes. What, are, what never. are some of the other rules? Some of the other rules are always check in with the person that is, uh, that is tied up. So making sure that it's not too tight. Ask, is that too tight? If they say yes, loosen it off. So you have to listen to what the person is, is doing and is what, and what they're asking for. And, and is going quite slowly. Often, in, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. That's all right. Quite, quite often people will, will think of safe words as well. It's very important that safe words are respected. Right. Um, if somebody says, for instance, I'll use the traffic light system, which is pretty classic. It's green. Yep. Do mm-hmm. more of that. That's really good. I'm really enjoying that. Amber is slow down a little bit or change, change what you're doing. And red means stop. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, if somebody says red, everything stops. You don't just carry on just because you think that they might actually not be saying that just it might be saying that just because they feel like it. It actually has to stop. Absolutely. And that's, where the communi- and that's where the communication comes in and having that trust and that respect for your partner. Exactly. And uh, you mentioned mm. the, the scarves, and people may not want to cut up their scarves, but you, you want to no. keep flat edge medical safety scissors, I always suggest. That's the nurse in me. Yep. Suggest to people because, yep. <laughs> you know, in case you have to release somebody quickly and also going slowly is uh, really important. Uh, Francis, thanks yep, for being absolutely. on the show. We had, uh, sorry, we had a little technical difficulty earlier with the uh, firemen here at the building. I'm not sure if you heard that, but uh, oh well, no, but we'll I have didn't. to have you back How on the show. Firemen, absolutely, show. yes. So we'll um, we'll have you back on the show, and you can talk to us about how much rope we're going to need, about 25 feet. How you'll need a willing partner, or an yep. upside down chair to practice on, and yep. not to forget the blunt edge scissors. So thank you so much, Francis, for your help. Okay. Uh, in this, and uh, we'll we'll get you back on, and we'll uh, go to the next level. All right, thanks so much. And I have somebody on the line. <laughs> Nobody on the line. Okay, you know what? I'm going to come back because I want to tell you about um, what happened to me in the parking lot of an area where I was going to go for a hike, and how I met the most sexually frustrated and dissatisfied man all of British Columbia has. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I have Paul on the line. Hello, Paul. Hello, Maureen. How are you? Good. How are you? Very well, thank you. Um, you were talking about um, arousals and stuff yes. between a man and a woman. Yes. Okay, I have a question for you. Um, how would it work for a person that's in a wheelchair? We, uh, people in wheelchairs can experience yeah. orgasm as well. Uh Quite often, you know, the, sometimes there's decreased sensation or motor ability. It depends on the level of the injury. But certainly with um, ejaculation can occur and people can experience orgasm. And there are other ways to experience sexual pleasure. And, and it's a great uh, way to explore and find new erogenous zones in other parts of one's body. So it can often be less vanilla sex, shall I say. Okay. All right. That's fine. Thank you, Maureen. Thank you so much for the question. I want to tell you about um, my new word, Dirk. Figure it out, uh, what it means, this person that I met. So I, I went for a, a hike um, recently, <laughs> and I parked my car, 
and it's about a two-kilometer section of flat area, and there's about space for about 20 cars to park. And so I, I parked my car, and then I noticed there were about three other spaces there, and another car pulled in, and a man uh, stepped out of the car, and I gave him the benefit of the doubt, and I didn't think that he actually saw the sign that it was a disabled parking sign or handicapped parking spot. So I said to him, I'm not sure you know, because I would feel horrific if I accidentally parked in an accessible parking spot. And so I said, I'm not sure if you know, but that's for that's an accessible parking spot. And he said, oh, you're such a stupid person. <laughs> really? And he said, they are never going to come here. And I said, everyone is welcome here. I was furious. This is the principles. If you cross my principles, watch out. So he said to, I, I'm going to assume it was his father, was a, a, a gentleman, older gentleman around 70, 75 years of age, both of them ambulatory, no issues, no parking, handicap parking label on his car. And, um, and he was just angry and yeah, an expensive car, I have to say. He was angry and he said, um, let's get out of here, get away from these people who have no brains. So he and his father did not move the space. He walked up, and um, I quickly took, as, as he left and the area, I quickly took some photographs, and then <laughs> and that Mike's laughing, and then I called the bylaw officers. I called them, I emailed them, and I sent them the photographs, and they have gone to him and they have provided him with a ticket. When I walked past him, actually, because I was about five minutes later and I walked past him, he said uh, out loud, and I was with some friends, and he said, um, stupid woman. And I just thought, you know what? Um, you'll see how stupid I am. Anyway. Justice. Justice is served. <laughs> so you know what? Do not. That's rule number one of life. You know, we have to respect people, as Nelson Mandela said. I may not get the quote right, but... Freedom is not removing the cuffs. Freedom is actually having respect for the people we live with in the world and allowing everybody to enjoy uh, this freedom. And so uh, I just was incensed. I didn't really care that he called me stupid. I mean, you know what? I'm not stupid. I don't care. Call me whatever you want. I was really upset that he referred to people who, you know, may be in wheelchairs or may have difficulty with mobility group them all as a they. And that's what I was really insulted by. Anyway, that's a little bit about me. Next week, we're going to explore how we can get you having a better sex life. We're going to continue on that. But also, we're going to continue with the orgasm and how to experience that through your brain, the largest sex organ. Go to my web- website. I'm Maureen McGrath. You've been listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show.